What's up, everybody? This is the Console Crusade Podcast. Here we talk video game news, retro video games, and sometimes all of Mario's ridiculous goddamn outfits. I'm EJ Olson, and I'm joined, as always, by Nicholas Durheim. What is happening? We haven't talked in so long. Uh, you know, just work, not doing anything for Halloween. Oh, man. You're not going as Sombrero Mario on Hallow's Eve? Nah, dude, I can't do that now. All the liberals are breathing down my neck. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Dude, cultural appropriation, serious, serious problem in the video game industry. You say, do you say Guido game industry? <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. This is my video keeps stuff. cutting in and out, and I just don't know what you're saying anymore. <laughs> this is a good, this is going to be an interesting podcast. Nick is experiencing some technical difficulties and just regular difficulties. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah, we, uh, this is going to be a quick one, but we've been both been playing Mario. And mostly that's probably just what we're going to talk about because that just came out like how many days ago? Like three days ago? At this recording, uh, Friday. <laughs> so okay. yeah, kind of. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Okay. I've had it since Thursday night. So at this point I've had it for closer to four days. And you've beaten the goddamn thing already. Yeah, I beat it Saturday. So what are your off the cuff first impressions? You pop that thing in that night before work. You have what, an hour with it? Less than that. I didn't get home until like 10 o'clock. Because the best buy line was a fiasco. Okay. Switch launch, we were in and out. It was not like that for Mario. <laughs> what happened with the with the Mario launch? Well, it wasn't even that like like messed up. It was just they didn't have uh, nearly as many people as they had for Switch launch, like working. Oh, okay. And the line was a joint line. It was everybody who was waiting for Assassin's Creed, for Wolfenstein, and for Mario. Oh, yikes. And then there was like this group of six people in front of me, and they all were just you know how lines are usually like a straight line affair? Right. They're standing horizontally and people like trying to walk around them when they're getting out of the line. It was just Best Buy, whatever. What rude customers. Yeah, in that first hour, I mean, I didn't really do much besides get out of the first kingdom. And then, I don't know, I played it for maybe like five hours after work. I don't know, it feels like a Mario game. It's really, it's exactly what I was expecting. Like, it's just an open world 64 slash sunshine style platforming challenges all the collectibles and all that kind of stuff the cute little puzzles it's just exactly what i was thinking it was going to be i don't have much of a background with 3d mario games uh, outside of like 3d land and 3d world which so not 3d mario games exactly and then we have only been two 3d mario games right galaxy and galaxy 2 are way more like 3d mario games than 3d land and 3d world are uh, I have not played the Galaxy games either. The only thing different with the Galaxy that's closer to a 2D Mario or to the 3D world and land games is that it's more level-specific objective-based levels. Like, you go to an area and you have the entire run of it, and then you get a star at the end, and then you get kicked back out, and you have to start, choose a different objective. Right. And it gives you a different level. I played 64, you know, throughout the years here and there, but as we've established on this podcast in, in prior months, I just... I got to that game so late, and by that time, I had already kind of done the 3D platformer thing, and Mario 64 was like taking a step backwards for my adolescent brain. I, I have not been able to get into it since. played Sunshine a little bit, but it, it was weird, and I stopped playing. Uh, I mean, it was beautiful, and the music was great, but I just... That camera, though? <laughs> I actually don't have any recollection, really, of the of how those controls work. Were they wonky? Uh, yeah, I had an inverted uh, x-axis. Oh, God. They implemented it the same as they did with the C-stick or the C buttons on the Mario 64, where you press you press left on the on the button and it moved the camera left and your viewpoint right. Yeah, it's super disorienting. I'm glad they didn't do that this time. It also, it didn't have any controls, so you couldn't change the inversion or anything. And also, when you went into your, your flood shooting mode, it was inverted axis for the y-axis. That's so weird. I just don't get, like, if you're going to do that, sure. 
but why not give us the option to, to invert them and, and make us comfortable? There weren't a lot of control option things back then, though, to be fair. Only for, like, shooters. Sunshine was 01? 02. 02? Okay. And in the Galaxy games, I know you've you've harped on me for not having played them. And there's no ca- there's no camera controls in, in Galaxy. Okay. Because it's with the Wiimote, so you only have the one analog stick. So this is really my first time jumping into a Mario game like this. and Pun intended. Right? Uh, <laughs> total and free control. I got used to that pretty quickly. It feels like most other... Th- 3d platformers of this ilk right like it's pretty standard but what was different for me in a mario game that like took me by surprise and i knew it was based on all the footage i'd watched and and whatever like i knew to expect it this was more of an action game like i have a weapon on me at all times i'm not just i'm not jumping on enemies like that's been interesting you had the in sunshine you had the water gun or whatever the fuck it was called the flood okay but i mean sunshine sorry uh the galaxy games like i said i haven't played so i don't know if there's anything comparable to that but you have an attack in the galaxy games okay your waggle spin <laughs> waggle spin i hate waggle controls and 64 you could punch and kick no it's 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 interesting having the hat as it's it's like so refreshing without changing anything about the mario formula like it's still a mario game right and even though I haven't played a lot of the 3D Mario games, it's still, it's like, okay, this is Mario. Yeah, the the hat is cool because it's both a, a platforming aid and also a means of getting powers. So instead of having like your fire flower or your cape or what have you, you just choose a, an enemy that you want to use for your specific challenge that you're encountering. So if you're like on ice, you can take a Goomba and you're not slipping around anymore. I can't tell you how, how geeked out I was the first time like when I saw that T-Rex. In one of those first worlds, and I, I, I didn't know what to do initially. I was like, "Okay, is he gonna like jump up and chase me? I'm gonna have to try." Like, and so I, I was very nervous, and I carefully approached him, thinking he was gonna pop up and be scary. Uh, and then you just hit him with the hat, and then just roaming around as a T Rex was like insanely satisfying, and just destroying everything in my path. It reminded me of the first time in the new Super Mario Bros. on the DS, way way back in the day. And that first time you get the mega mushroom or the super mushroom, whatever, mm-hmm. the one that makes you giant and you're just crushing everything. Supremely satisfying. So you've beaten the game. I've only gotten through, let's see, I think I just got through the, the sand world. You're like a third of the way through the game. Really? Yeah. The sand world's only the third level, dude. A third of the way through the entire game. Yeah. Because you've got, you had two small levels, then, then uh Toasterina, which is this, I think it's just called the sand kingdom. And then you've got two more levels and you've got New Donk City. And then you got two more levels and you've got like some later level game stuff. Okay. So it seems like a pretty short game, all things considered then. Because I feel like I barely scratched the surface. I beat it in 10 hours. Oh, wow. That is super short. I mean, about 10 hours. I, it's really hard for me to gauge how long I spent with games. So, and it doesn't, won't tell me for another 10 days how long I've actually spent in the game. <laughs> oh, gosh. Why, why is that? I don't know. It's weird. Switch stuff. Very weird. But I'm guessing I beat it in between 10 and 15 hours, and I've probably spent as much time after that just going through picking up more moons. So this is what's similar to something like Breath of the Wild, which was filled with collectibles between the outfits and the Korok seeds and, you know, completing all the shrines and everything. It was, you could mainline the story, but why would you, right? They they sort of expect you to, to prolong your your playtime by doing all these side activities. I feel that's the same way with Mario, but at least so far for me, it's not as engaging. Like I like a good collectathon every now and again, but I'm already sick of chasing moons. Like I spent probably four or five hours just trying to do everything in the sand world that I possibly could. 
Well, don't do that. Part of me is like, well, if I beat the game, then I beat the game. Like in Zelda. That's not Mario. That's never been Mario. Not since 64. People say post game, but that doesn't mean post game. It just means once you beat the game, that's half the game. The rest of the game is just collecting the things that you missed the first time. The game is, is exploring and platforming and you're rewarded for doing those things. It's not about, it's not like getting the bananas in Donkey Kong Country. Oh God. That's a collect-a-thon. It's the moons are just your carry at the end of the, the beautiful, beautiful stick. <laughs> yeah. You're there for the journey, not for the reward. Which is why I want to collect all the things now, because I feel like once I've beaten the game, I don't have an incentive to go back and find those moons anymore. Oh, you do. Because you get new moons. New moons? That's some yeah. Twilight shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like each level gets at least 20 new moons after you beat the game. Oh my God. I, I blew through the, the sand land and was like, okay, I had like 31 moons or something by the time I, I so beat it. You didn't it. even get half the moons. No. And I went to my little, my record book and I was like, it just completely blank. And I'm like, I had 31 moons. How is this possible? This is ridiculous. You're, you're not very good at exploring. Also, you have to do the storyline stuff for the whole level to be open anyway. Okay. So... I've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, the very th- first thing you kind of have to do before you start exploring a level is like beat the boss and do the main quest line stuff. Okay. So I'm going to be going back over and over and over. Eh, maybe. Depends on how thorough you can be. So how has this game surprised you? In, in, or has it just been par for the course? It's just another enjoyable experience and you're happy to move on with your life. Yeah, it's a really good game. I can't say anything that surprised me because you haven't beaten the game yet. Oh no, god damn it. Okay, so I would be I would be much more positive sounding and like gushing about it if we could talk about things that literally got me super stoked and maybe like stand up out of my chair and freak out a little bit. Really? So you had these moments. But I mean I can't I can't talk to you about it because you would just be like, Oh spoilers. So get good, be a good gamer. Damn it. Play the game. Maybe we shouldn't even be doing a podcast right now then. Probably not, but you've been bugging me for like forever about talking about Mario. I've been putting some time into a man every, when I have an hour, I, I put a time in, I put eight time <laughs> I put a one time in, okay? You sound like Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> oh gosh. No, I'm enjoying it though. I, uh, I, I could be playing Fire Emblem Warriors or Destiny right now, but I didn't want to miss out on the zeitgeist. I said, I'd have to go by Mario tonight. Did you actually pick up Warriors then? No, I wish. Hmm. I wish I don't man I don't have I don't have the time I don't have the time isn't warriors like the kind of game you could just pop on in the passenger seat of a car and just press b a bunch and kill hordes of enemies how often am I in a passenger seat of a car I don't know that's your own personal thing that you're like afraid of being driven around <laughs> yeah I don't know why it makes me so uncomfortable <laughs> I think and it's weird because I think every person in the world is a better driver than you <laughs> wow certainly not better um, I would say more conscientious of, of those in the vehicle maybe, but that's almost as if that is empirically better for a driver to be <laughs> cautious of. <laughs> hey, I'm aware of the road, just not cognizant of those I'm chauffeuring. <laughs> okay. Mm, I feel like maybe you're not. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, so what can you tell me about, about your experience that isn't going to like ruin any of the big moments for me? It's always just great. Mario controls better than any other platformer ever has and that's been consistent since like the dawn of mario yeah since 1985 or whatever mario came out <laughs> the the one thing that does bother me specifically about the controls is that like there are certain moves that you can't do without without like flipping your controller or mashing it sideways yeah very very few and even then they're they're not moves that you need to do no but like some of them like like the uh even the ones that you can emulate without waggling uh, when you sp- you spin your stick and then throw the hat out and and whirlwind around you 
Like that's hard to to nail. And if you're just in the heat of the moment and you're surrounded by a bunch of little guys and you try to do it and then you end up throwing your hat forward instead of actually doing the spin attack, it, you know, and I, I've died on occasion because I'm surrounded by those, especially those little spiky guys that keep spawning and I'm trying to get fancy instead of just tossing my hat out. Yeah, I usually just run through them. Like I don't really worry about killing them all. You're not rewarded with anything really tangible you get a coin for each one but like that's nothing who cares dude i cannot let an enemy out of my sight all right you know those those spiky guys just endlessly respawn do you just hang out in one area is that why you've only been stuck in the cascade kingdom for 10 hours it's because you keep standing on that bridge throwing your hat and be like why do they keep coming <laughs> i gotta kill them all i haven't moved off of that point because of that very reason you're a sick man no 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 I really have enjoyed some of the various creatures and characters you can interact with in the world. Like the, is it the Jax that you can ride? Yeah, the Jaxie. The Jaxie, yeah. And so that's been interesting. Just like, like the first time I, I found one of those guys, I just rode him around with no rhyme or reason. I just yeah. was like, I'm going fast and I'm riding this weird lion thing. Like this thing costs 30 coins. I better, better get my, my money's worth. <laughs> exactly. The first time I found out I could just roll down a hill. I just went to the biggest hill I could find, and it just rolled until I couldn't roll anymore. Sonic speed, dude. Dude, it's adorable seeing that weird little plumber just curled up and rolling around. You can keep pressing B, and you'll just keep you'll just keep boosting forward too. Right, right. The movement options in this game are just so on point. Climbing things is frustrating because to climb faster, you have to like jerk the controller, and when you're using the pro controller, it's like doesn't feel right. <laughs> so I just I just mosey my way up flagpoles and other such things. Uh, I've noticed that there are Bowser posters everywhere. And I don't know if there's any like l any reward or anything later on in the game, but I've been destroying all of them as I find them, and have made that my own little like mini game. Like find as many Bowser posters as I can. I did that for a while too. I was like, "Fuck this guy." <laughs> but so you're saying there is no there's no point in it. They're just there. I'm not gonna tell you if there's a point in it or not. Oh my gosh, am I just gonna like have wasted all this time hunting down every goddamn Bowser poster? I'm not gonna tell you. It's up to you to to, it, to discover. Damn it. One thing that I'm really a fan of is the the 2D classic Mario sections baked in. Some of those are really, really cool. Please spoil it for me. Are, are these only classic NES Mario side-scrolling snippets, or do they, do they dive into other Mario games and give us different graphics and segments from other games like that or it's just it's just nes uh sprites okay but i do like how each of your costumes has an effect on the way your sprite looks in the the walls oh how many costumes are in this game do you know i couldn't tell you i don't know there's probably like less than 50 maybe for hat and and uh body so i'm gonna need an amiibo for every single mario outfit well i know you can unlock the ability to buy I, like the outfits in the store post game essentially like i unlocked the ability to buy a diddy kong outfit but if you use the diddy kong amiibo you get that outfit oh, okay which foolishly i bought the outfit and then i realized i have a diddy kong amiibo and then i scanned it, it didn't help me out <laughs> is there anything locked behind amiibos not locked no well, that's good can you imagine amiibo specific costumes and they drop like 40 amiibos that Bowser uh, wedding outfit, I just unlocked the ability to buy it. And it's a thousand coins for the, the hat and like 2,000 for the body. Regular coins or level specific coins? There's a fixed amount of level specific coins, so no. Oh, oh <laughs> it's okay. regular coins. Gotcha. There's only 50 or 100, depending on the size of the level. So far, I've enjoyed the, the outfits you can get. Like right now, I'm just Sombrero Mario. 
with the poncho and all that. Although I think I just bought the underpants. So I'm rocking the underpants and the sombrero. But I, <laughs> that's, that's actually how I dress in real life. I've never seen you wear a sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to be insensitive, you know, but what I do behind my own, my own closed doors, you know what I'm saying? I spent almost the entirety of the game wearing the backwards hat and the, uh, the boxers. It's cool. really funny because they don't, there's no FMV. So all the cutscenes are like rendered with what you're wearing. So oh, yeah. I'll be like facing off one of the crazy rabbits and just I'm wearing that <laughs> ready to fight. Can we get some Mario pasties so we don't have to look at that man's nipples all day? What would you want there? Like little mushrooms? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> nobody, nobody has been. The little stars. Yes. No one's been into this. I'm glad you, you read my mind, Nick. Doesn't make it a good idea. <laughs> Unless you could buy them. If you could buy them and not customize, mix and match. Dude, totally. <laughs> little chain chomps right over the, over the teats. I'd buy chain chomp pasties in real life. I'd go to the Portland Naked Bike Ride with... Nothing but chain chomps. Yeah. Yomp. <laughs> Just mushrooms in your mushroom. Whoa. <laughs> wow, guys. I know this was going to be all PG-13 today. Sorry. <laughs> Trying to get one up. No, I'm saying. Oh, no. <laughs> no. No, that's so bad. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that for sure. On who? <laughs> for why? <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going back to my beer here. Next time Brennan's down, you're going to give him a good chuckle. <laughs> I know. He's going to love that. I won't give you credit either. Ah, <laughs> uh, dang it. I'm going to Carlos Mencia your ass. Does that make me George Lopez in this situation? That's pretty tight. <laughs> George Lopez. Is he relevant? He was. That was like part of that whole fiasco. That was a long time ago. Is he still relevant? Is he still a talk show? I don't know. I didn't know you had a talk show. I, th- I knew he had a sitcom, but that was like, that's been over for a while. To be honest, I liked his his sitcom. It was a good sitcom. That and Reba, good sitcoms. Oh, Reba. I feel like we've talked about this in the podcast. I loved Reba. Probably. <laughs> I love uh, I love Still Standing and Grounded for Life. Remember that one? Grounded for Life is all right. I never saw Still Standing. Still Standing had Mark Addy? Mm, the king. I love that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I love that man. Oh yeah, Mark Addy's great. So anyway, Constant Crusade episode 18. Does George Lopez still have a talk show? And what about George Lucas? Dude, George Lucas and his gullet. We swore never to speak of that, and here we fucking are. Here we Boy, are. You brought up the gullet. <laughs> I can't resist. So yeah, I guess if that's all we have to say about Mario, like I want to get into more of it, but you you are hesitant to say anything because I'm a baby about spoilers. I wouldn't want to spoil it either because it's Mario always has been something that should be played and not watched. That's true. That's an interesting thing to hear you say considering... I feel like most games you feel the opposite about. You are perfectly content just watching and experiencing it through somebody else, but not necessarily wanting to play it on your own. Well, most other games aren't as good as Mario. Fair. Fair point. So, I mean, if the best part of a game is when you're not playing the game, that that doesn't really sell it to me, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, I mean, overall, I think so far, just a few hours in, like the, the, the hat mechanic, you know, every time so far that I'm like just sick of spamming my hat and hitting things, like there'll be a new enemy or a new character to to take control of. And it gives you such a large variety in like how you navigate these these worlds and explore. I'm into it. I need more T-Rexes in my life. I will spoil one thing for you. Talk to me. Did you see that tweet I tagged you in? Pull that up on your phone right now. Right now. Right okay. now. Put it up kind of by your, your microphone. Turn up your volume too. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Thanks for playing. Thank you so much for playing my game. <laughs> no. Thank you so much. I'm really bummed they didn't hit us with the thank you so much if we're too playing. <laughs> we just got to use that again. 
<laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, so extremely relevant to you and your interests. Charles Martinet, you goofy son of a gun. Really happy with uh, them dropping that 30-second record feature right before Mario came out. It's been a blast to check out all these different videos of people doing crazy stuff with the way Mario can move. The race challenges post-game. People are just going hog wild. That's awesome. And I go a little hog wild, too. It kind of it scratches that same itch I get from like home run contest in the smash games. Okay. So I'm a big fan of big fan of races. Have you, have you been doing a lot of that stuff post game quote unquote, or have you just been sticking to exploring and finding more moons? Well, I mean those, those give you moons. So, and they're unlocked oh. by post game. So yes to both. Gotcha. I feel like this game was meant to be speed run. Like just with the way the game controls and the way you can use your hat to, to navigate and like find me a Mario game that you, that you shouldn't speed run. Sure, but they were they were never like designed with with that in mind. Maybe this one wasn't, but it feels more like it was. Just, it's so it's so perfect for speedrunning. People are gonna start doing some crazy things. The mark of a good game to speedrun is that it's fun to play. Oh yeah, tell that to Bubsy 3D. I'll tell you right now that the people speedrunning Bubsy 3D are not the same tier of people who are speedrunning Mario 64 or Mario Sunshine. And I'm saying that not like as their skill of a gamer, but like their actual value as a human. <laughs> oh. Wow. All right. I will roast anyone who plays Bubsy 3D seriously. <laughs> Coming soon to a YouTube near you, Console Crusade plays Bubsy 3D. <laughs> oh, God. I'll just be, I'll be chloroformed in the background. Just <laughs> <laughs> it's just unconscious. I'll tape your eyelids open, like prop you up on the couch. Dude, I'm pretty sure that's what they did in the, in the Clockwork Orange to make that guy go crazy. <laughs> so I know I have a, I have a blueprint for what I'm going to do to you. That's like the worst kind of kinky. I had a crazy dream last night. Oh God. What a transition. <laughs> <laughs> totally unrelated to Mario, but definitely related to Bubsy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bubsy had to be tied up in a basement. He was hitting me with those little weird triangle things. Are you brushing your beard right now? <laughs> yeah, it's itchy. Fair enough. Uh, so I had this crazy dream that a serial killer was like, had me hostage. Bubsy. Like, but yeah, and he was, he was like doing things to me like, like psychologically, like kidnapping people I loved and stuff. And then like I escaped with a knife and then I, I, it turned out the knife was actually a phone. <laughs> so I was like trying to call for help on this knife. It was, it was a Motorola razor, wasn't it? And then the serial killer like caught me and then took me to the beach where he caused a tsunami. <laughs> it was super so, bizarre. That sounds like all your fears wrapped in one, just all your irrational fears. Right. I know you're you're deathly afraid of tsunamis. Um, I actually do have a lot of tsunami dreams where I'll end up at the beach and, and in my and now in my dreams, like I almost become lucid when I'm at when I end up at a coast or a large body of water in my dreams and I tell myself, Oh shit, I'm dreaming. There's about to be a fucking tidal wave and every time it happens, <laughs> like God dude. Yeah. Terrifying. That's dark. Unless. So anyway, okay. So um this was a mostly a failure talking about Mario because I haven't played enough. Of well, it. stop talking about it and just tell me about Animal Crossing Pocket Camp because you've actually been playing that because you have your phone on you. I have been. I yeah made an Australian uh, uh, iTunes account and I downloaded it. Weird that they're testing this in Australia. I don't know if that's uh, necessarily um, something I read was that the Australian market is very similar to the the U.S. market, just smaller as okay. far as like the way demographics end up playing out. So that might be a reason why. So they are, they're, they're really giving us a test run down there in case there are any last minute tweaks they have to make. I'm guessing so. Just a, uh, kind of a large beta for like quality control. I'm assuming maybe, maybe balancing out like 
transaction stuff. So that's, that's honestly the one thing that I have not been able to test out is the microtransactions and how that works because you don't have like a credit card associated with that account, I'm assuming, right? Exactly. So, um, and I can't because my address wouldn't obviously match my zip code for my Aussie address. O- open up an Aussie bank account, funneling some money. <laughs> so, so just, just some like quality of life things that I want to address before I kind of get into how this differs from a core Animal Crossing game. Things that I appreciated right off the bat. I can make my own character. No answering weird questions and trying to pull up a Google spreadsheet to answer the you know properly to get a character that I like the look of. Like I fully customizable, get exactly what I want. Uh, so you know, I made a little Animal Crossing uh, or slash uh, Dragon Ball Z little avatar. The blonde hair, the blue eyes. Did you name your character Choco Monkey? Just make it a full throwback. Choco Monkey, Choco Monkey three, baby. No, definitely not. So that was cool. Be able to create your own character, cool. And I mean, pull up the app. Actually, I want to. I want to read. You know, obviously, it it's not as expansive as a full Animal Crossing game, right? Because you're playing on this vertical screen, and so instead of kind of traversing this whole world, this whole overworld, you're going from loading screen to loading screen, basically, and these little pockets. You know, no pun intended. Mm. Um, mm. Where like each right, each character has their own little their own little campground that you you can migrate to and. Each of them have little tasks that you can complete for them. And then there's a relationship meter that you're building. So like, okay, one guy wants some fruit. You go, you pick your fruit and you go back to him. Boom. You get, you is get, Goldie a guy? We need to broach this topic. This is very important. <laughs> Goldie is, um, if I recall the, the first character that I met in the game, Goldie, right? Yeah. That's the golden retriever that you pick fruit for. Yes. That's Goldie. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm not good with names. I've met a bunch of villagers and I don't remember any of their names yet. They're all kind of puns based on what they are. Right. Oh, here's Except Jay. Except for Cyrus. I don't get that. Yeah, Jay, the bluebird. Yeah, Blue yeah, Jay. Yeah. He lived in my town in uh, New Leaf. Oh, yeah? He's a good dude. He's a good homie. He wants to pump iron with me. You remember the weird clown? Who is that guy? Oh, uh, that was the sheep. Super murder. His name was probably a sheep or something. <laughs> so far, I haven't done anything besides really collect fruit and do like weird little errands for people where I'm collecting fruit. And I've played for like two hours so far. Um, I've done a little bit of crafting because you get rewards whenever you run one of these little tasks. Some people want fish. Like it's very stripped down. Like I don't feel as much freedom as you do, you know, in a, in a, in a mainline Animal Crossing game where it's like, I'm kind of do whatever I want and just try to make some money and whatever. It's like, this feels just like I'm running around and doing these, these menial tasks. Well, I mean, that's kind of like the way you earn money in regular Animal Crossing too. It's just not as like sectioned off. Right. I mean, that's, that's just what it is. It's, it's the lack of freedom. And I'm running around between these little teeny tiny hub worlds, essentially. What is cool, like I said, you have your relationship meter with people and you're building a relationship with them as you do things and talk to them. Um, but then you also level up yourself. And each level, you get like different prize bonuses. Like, so I'm level two right now. You hit level three, you get like a thousand bells, you get some leaf tickets, and then you get... Uh, unlock new objectives and so that's new now where you have every day you have daily objectives that you try to complete well you had that in every animal crossing but you're just a weirdo who skips time and plays them wrong but it wasn't like let me pull up a list and see what i need to do it's like oh i could talk i have to talk to every single person in town i have to go find every single person and see who wants me to go do some weird thing today right which is what i did in animal crossing regardless so that makes sense that's the point right but I am more into it from like the 
Like I want to build my house up and I want to build my town and I'm more into the weird like simulation aspect of it. You want to play Harvest Moon? I mean, in a way, yeah. Like, that's kind of what I was doing. And and that's that's the part that appealed to me. And, and the grind for more bells and stuff. The neighbors, my neighbors, I just didn't necessarily give too much of a shit about. I mean, I did to a degree, but... Are these neighbors like the same for everybody? Do they just pick five neighbors and each one represents a different kind of item you can collect? Or I am not sure. Every single like video I've seen all include the same characters. So I don't know if that was like a the Nintendo stock footage of things or was or if that was the actual way the game was designed. Right. I'm not sure. Oh, I have a new friend request. Ooh, from a real person. I'm curious though to pull up the my okay, so you have timed goals every day, right? Really simple. I get some some rinky dink items if I go give an online play because you'll run into online players throughout the world. You can add them, visit their campsite. You give kudos to them on their campsite if you like it. Okay, that's a time mm-hmm. goal. Really simple. That's an old one. That's from uh, Wide World, I believe. Okay. Yeah, so stuff like that. And it's nice to just be like, okay, here are my time goals. I need to collect these items. I can go do these things really quick. Perfect. But then you have stretch goals. Quite a huge list there. But like, okay, use a, a river throw net. Okay, buy an item from the market. Reach level three. Like things like pretty menial things. But now it's like, it's a little more... Um, RPG-esque, where it's like, I'm leveling up, I have these objectives, I'm following this list, and I'm, I'm, I'm running through and trying to accomplish these tasks to, all in the name of building my campsite. All in the name of player retention. I mean, that's that's pretty, everything you're saying pretty much is like nail on the head, kind of what I was expecting for an Animal Crossing mobile game. Right. Because the, the gameplay itself, it can easily be relegated to a single finger on a screen, just picking up apples, digging holes, planting trees, all that kind of stuff. So it makes sense that it would be a real quote unquote animal crossing experience, but with the kind of stuff that they want to keep players checking in every day and maybe occasionally tossing in a few bucks like that seems like makes the most sense for animal crossing. And maybe this is why this game isn't going to appeal to me in the long run. Probably not now coming from the guy who still hasn't played fire Emblem warriors and probably never will at this point. Um, Warriors or heroes heroes rather. Sorry. Heroes on mobile. Yeah. Uh, because like you said, with Animal Crossing, I was time traveling and I, I just, I, I had a different goal with the game than most other players. I mean, this game, you can't really game it like that. I haven't actually spent any time really building my campsite yet. I'm sure part of that is also that it's not with your quote unquote real account. So you're probably less incentivized to actually spend time. Right. Um, I think all in all, I think it's, it's, it's been, it's interesting. It's, it's, I guess I only spent two, two-ish hours with it. But it's the quality of life things that I hope they implement in the Switch version when they get there. Because in some ways, some of these things where I hate to say RPG because it's it's not like that. But these little tiny RPG elements, like I hope they implement that in the in the main mainline game, just because it helps to keep things interesting for players who aren't quite as casual. But obviously, Animal Crossing is never going to be like a hardcore game, right? But it's just little things to help keep, like you said, player retention and keep people engaged. And so I, I hope that some of this is sort of a test. I just want the multiplayer to be faster. I have to travel by train and take 20 minutes just to get in someone else's town. Yeah, that was pretty frustrating. And all you could really do is just walk around like there was nothing you really did with each other. Yeah, just throw in some mini games. They can play volleyball, whatever. Well, that's the thing about <laughs> Animal Crossing, right? Is it, I mean, Animal Crossing New Leaf was the biggest quote unquote departure or, or evolution, I guess. In the series, and it doesn't look much different. I don't mean graphically, but it, the, the gameplay is really almost identical in, in a lot of ways to the GameCube version. 
You know what I mean? Like the franchise just hasn't evolved very much. Like every generation has a, a few more quality of life improvements where it's like, okay, this is a little quicker. This is a little easier, but it's essentially the same thing. Yeah. It's kind of like what I would expect. I don't think every franchise needs to evolve. If it plays fine, like it doesn't need to change. It just has to be on the new system. Well, after playing a game like Stardew Valley, which is obviously a very different kind of game than Animal Crossing, but in principle, supposed to be a very simple, very casual game, has some very, very deep elements, and then plenty of mini games, and like even Stardew Valley even has a uh, like a dungeon system where you, you can go through dungeon crawling. Yeah, I don't think Stardew Valley is simple at all. I don't know what makes you think that's simple. It's like hardcore casual. Just because it's cute and it's like not intensive doesn't mean it's not like extreme in a lot of its systems. I think there's depth there and and stuff to explore if you wanted to, but like it's a game my eight year old brother could play and like completely grasp. Like, hey, you're just building this farm. Here are your tools. It's like Minecraft like that in a way where it's like it's it has the potential to be super obtuse, but an eight year old can play it. No problem. And it can be their favorite game in the entire world. Animal Crossing obviously a very different kind of game, but it has a lot of those systems in place stripped down you know then and you're doing a little bit of everything i just think there's room for it to grow beyond what it is especially now that we have the switch i wouldn't want animal crossing to be anything like stardew valley i don't want more depth in an animal crossing well who's it hurting if there's more depth who's it hurting them for developing it give me a level system all right i want combat skills you understand skill trees i'm kidding <laughs> i'm fucking kidding villagers don't need to fight if there's a dungeon in the next Animal Crossing, I'm going to riot. Uh, you say villagers don't need to fight, dude. Who is that asshole? There was this ram that moved in. My first town was perfect. It was such a perfect town. And I built my home. Okay, I had I had my river coming through the southwest up diagonally. And I had this perfect little peninsula on the western side of town. I cleared it out. I put my house down to just the very tip of this thing. And I built a big forest behind me and I was so, I was I closed off from everybody, built myself a personal little bridge down at the bottom. It was a, a cute little place to be, right? This fucking son of a bitch moves in and is like, <laughs> I mean, I'm talking, if I dug a hole, I'd throw the dirt on his front porch. My time was devoted specifically to, you know, hitting this person with a butterfly net, pushing them into holes, ignoring them, trying to get them to move out. And they never moved out. It literally forced me to start an entirely new town. Sounds like you just need to get along with people better. Maybe that's what the game's trying to teach you. Well, you know, in the real world, the homeowners association would not have let him build. In the real world, the homeowners association is your enemy, not everyone else's. I've never been part of a an HOA, so I don't know. Nat is, and he says it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It's things like your grass is 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 six millimeters too tall. The neighbors have been complaining. And like about what? Like we can't say. Stop having people come over and parking in the in the free parking area. Like it's just it's like a, a nosy neighbors with like authority over you. <laughs> uh, well, that's like what it boils down to. That's what Animal Crossing needs is an HOA politics. Next Animal Crossing game, you're not given the mayorhood. You have to like run for mayor and like actually go campaign and raise raise bells. <laughs> I'd be way more into that. It's a really weird premise that you get thrown into a town. And they're just like, you're the new mayor. And I'm like, I'm a weird homeless animal. I guess you're not an animal. but <laughs> I'm not an animal living in a town full of animals. Yeah, like, I'm the mayor. Like, this is oddly racist. I don't know. <laughs> Am I the mayor purely because I'm the only sapient one here? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm the only one with free will. It's, what it's, are you trying to say to me, Animal Crossing? What is your philosophy? 
He's the only one going to heaven, man. Well, yeah, animals don't have souls. That's exactly it. I'm glad. I'm glad we're on the same page. Except for dogs, all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> that is also true. I've heard that from the documentary. The documentary. Uh, I wish you would download this game and play it, and we could visit each other's Australian town. Damn it, man. I will when it's real. It's only a month away. I've got other things to play. I've got Mario, and then I have to go back and play Nier. I'll probably buy Doom again. Oh, yeah. I'm sick. Skyrim, dude. I'm sick in the head. I'm, I will be altering my life dramatically when Skyrim comes to the Switch. I will drop everything and just play through that game again, because that's Skyrim is the last video game nostalgia I have. 2011 is my last fond video game memory like like destiny i had a really good time with like i remember that fondly but it's not like the nostalgia but like i said fire emblem warriors also something i really want to play i've read great things about it and i just i like hyrule warriors so why not assassin's creed apparently is really good well really good for an assassin's creed game right i don't know I, i've never played assassin's creed uh, the biggest thing i've heard people talk about is that the combat is overhauled which sounds like it needed it because from what I can understand beforehand, it was like closer to a rhythm game than it was an action game. When it came to combat, like you're just pressing square or X, depending on what system you're playing on, to like interact with opponents. And it would just be, hey, we made a hundred different animations and you just press X and they happen. Yeah. Kind of thing. It's like the Arkham games where it's like, okay, you punch, you punch, you dodge. I hate that combat. That that combat really sucks. I really, really hate that. <laughs> it's not great. Of course, you're a Souls player, so you're used to these like ridiculously deep systems and complete control over what you're doing. Souls is not deep. There's just a light attack and a heavy attack. It's like, take the most basic, basic fighting game principle and apply it to a, a 3D game. I don't, I don't just mean like the, the controls obviously aren't deep. You're not pulling off fucking combos and shit, but like... The combat itself is very nuanced and you have to be aware of every enemy you're fighting and like know the game. I guess. I don't know. I, I feel like it just makes a lot more sense for there to be like a dedicated block button and a roll button and a parry button and a light attack, a heavy attack. And then you just you have all these tools and then you just utilize them in different situations. That's the way I like playing video games. I, I can't recall. Did you you played Witcher 3 for a little bit? You didn't like the combat in that game? I don't like face button attacks because oh. I like having control of my camera while I'm uh, in combat. Okay, fair enough. So shoulder buttons makes more sense for that. Yeah. And I just got really used to it from Dark Souls. Right. You're a Souls boy through and through. I get it. I like them. I've only beaten one of them, so I don't know how through and through I am. It's like you saying you're a Mario player through and through. <laughs> <laughs> okay, come on. <laughs> Fucking roasted. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, man, I've beat my fair share of Mario games, all right? You beat what? Uh, New Super Mario Brothers? Have you even beaten that? No. New Super Mario Bros. Wii. 3D 3D World and 3D Land. Okay. Mario 3. I never actually beat the NES one, but I played the shit out of it as a kid. Uh, Super Mario World, obviously. I'm just gatekeeping you, dude. I'm just gatekeeping you. This is your your, uh, purpose in life, and it's my lot, apparently. Yeah. I mean, you deserve me. (laughs) That's... Depressingly accurate. I wouldn't <laughs> want to be here with anybody else. So we need to... Oh, I need to beat Mario so we can come back and actually have an in-depth conversation about this. We didn't think this yeah. through too too well, did we? Did I? We just hadn't recorded in a long time, and it's like the most relevant thing. We could talk about random bullcrap like NeoGAF or fucking like all the, the loot boxes that are happening. But like, that's just... It's fruitless. So who who really cares in the, in the grand scheme of things? Uh, the GAF drama has been interesting. But yeah... I feel like there's some other stuff I want to talk about. Did you see... Okay. 
off the cuff here. Did you see that Sony started a new imprint uh, or label and they're publishing games on Switch? Well, they're publishing on Xbox also. They're going to be, a, that's a multi-platform publisher. It's not Sony Interactive though. It's Sony Music started the imprint. Oh. It's weird. So it's, it seems to me like one hand not knowing what the other is doing. I wonder what that'll look like. Maybe you'll get some sick Sony rhythm game, dude. Probably not because they're not going to be Sony games. They're going to be indie games that are published through a, an imprint. Tomato, tomato, right? I mean, we've already seen one of them, uh, Tiny Metal, that game that was shown at PAX. It's kind of like Advance Wars looking, except like 3D polygonal. I, uh, I bought a Golf Story. Been playing that a little bit before Mario came out. Man, it it really takes all the, the things that I loved about some of the old school golf games on the NES and Super Nintendo and made them feel fresh and, and tight. What I found, though, is I just I just have a hard time engaging with dialogue and, and story elements in 2D sprite-based RPGs. I just don't engage. I just, I don't know why. But I play a game like, you know... Uh, uh, Pokemon, which is way different. You really love Pokemon. But there's no... I'm not playing Pokemon for, for those reasons. I'm playing it for the combat system and the, the collect-a-thon, you know? I'm not... I thought you didn't like collect-a-thons. I'm using my words improperly. Collectathon. I, I'm here to give you shit for that. <laughs> uh, Collectathon. I think DK64, but but the the you know the aspect of collecting in Pokemon is different. Anyway, what what the fuck ever is it really? Because do you use that Rattata you catch? Do you use Raticate in your final team? I do use I do use a Pidgey though. I, I never evolve him. What just so I can use Fly and Cut? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Seriously, man, you need an HM slave, okay? Whoa. And Pidgey is so adorable. <laughs> That's probably the best thing about uh, Sun and Moon. Yeah. Is you don't need HM slaves anymore. It was such it was such a, a archaic gating mechanic. Mm-hmm. I understand why it was there. Because it gave your character the ability to interact with your environment in a new, interesting way. Right. And there was like a little bit of sacrifice involved. But it ended up being you just had one Pokemon that you would take out and use it to rock smash and cut your way through all the random terrain crap and then put it back in the computer and take out your real Pokemon. Well, do you remember in, uh, I think it was the third gen and it had like eight HMs or some shit? Oh yeah. All the water ones. You had waterfall, dive, surf, this messed up. It was really ridiculous. Um, I would argue that that's probably the only really positive change that Sun and Moon brought to the Pokemon formula. I didn't like a lot of the, the other ones, to be honest. But that was. Well, that I mean, was it was nice. one of the. It was one of the three changes, <laughs> you know. Like it hasn't really, it hasn't really changed that much. I wonder if Ultra Sun Ultra Moon is gonna. No. You think it's just gonna be the same thing? It's gonna be the same thing. Different story. Ugh. Whatever. Yucktown. What do you expect? It's like black and white too, except this black and white isn't as bad. Well, that's the thing. It's black and, and white finished. Black and white two were were just the finished versions of black and white because they they rushed black and white and so they said let's fix this because we put out really bad games for the first time ever and people really like black and white too but this time sun and moon like it was totally fine it was just i mean it used the same engine as x and y so they didn't have to worry about that they just had to create 50 new pokemon whatever and then go to hawaii with that weird professor oak looking dude that's not professor oak samson bro it's creepy. <laughs> I'm still holding out for Kanto. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold my breath. I mean, they've done. They've done that one time, where they went back. Unless you're looking for a red blue remake. I would love that Switch remake. And just every Pokemon game from now on is just a, a remake of a remake of a remake. That's basically what they are anyway. But just more and more Pokemon you don't care about because you're not 12 anymore. Give me the first couple generations. Let's remake them all in full 3D, 
third person adventure style. Let's do it. Tell me you wouldn't want that. No, I wouldn't want that. You would hate it immediately too because you'd look behind a building and be like, there's nothing even there. I keep running into this wall. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Keeps making this cute thudding noise that's been in the game since the Game Boy. That's a really great sound, isn't it? It is. (laughs) Very satisfying. (laughs) Now I'm thinking about it. Very satisfying. Now imagine that with HD rumble. Wow. HD rumble. Yeah, HD rumble is so overrated. It's really cool in certain aspects, but it's not utilized very deeply. I haven't experienced the cool aspects. Uh, I tell you what, though, my Switch feels like it's going to explode when both Joy-Cons are vibrating uh, undocked. It's ridiculous. No, don't make yes. that face. No. Yes. It's frightening. That's how you know they're working. That's the HD. That <laughs> <laughs> makes you feel like your hands are going to fall off. Well, how tightly are you gripping your Switch? Are you like vice hands clamping down on it? <laughs> You know, every time you feel it vibrate, you're like I gotta stop this. <laughs> yeah, every time it vibrates like that, I I sit on it. Ooh, so <laughs> yeah. HD. <laughs> you got anything else you want to talk about before we say fuck all this nonsense? Well, after the last podcast and before I got Mario, I uh, I got near on PC, near Automata. Near's hardcore, isn't it? Eh, I mean, I don't know. Doesn't seem that way. It's like platinum action game, so think like Bayonetta, but with like RPG elements. Well, what do you mean by RPG elements? Like RPG, RPG elements. You got weapons that you, you're finding weapons, you're collecting things from the open world. You're, there's like a skill tree kind of thing, but it's because like the whole conceit of the game is that you're an android fighting against these alien machines to basically save the earth because humans, humanity has left the earth and are currently like in this spaceship circling the moon. Okay. So you're androids that are human facsimiles and you find these chips that you can plug into you and they have, you have a, a maximum number of slots and each chip takes up a certain number. So you have all this kind of customization with things that boost your attack, things that boost your defense, things that give you traversal options as like you're customizing for your skill tree. Okay. And then the combat is... Like I was saying earlier, I don't really like it, but it's it is what it is. That's how it's mapped out, so that's how I play it. But it's light attack, heavy attack, and then that combos with the with each other. You knock uh, enemies up, and you've got aerial kind of combos as well. I really like the mobility in this game too. There's like air dashes and double jumps, so that's always great. This is the one that's like a uh, not isometric, but it's kind of like a side 2.5D view. The whole game is open world, but then there are areas that are either a top-down shooter, twin-stick shooter, or a side-scrolling okay. twin-stick shooter, or just, like, straight-up shmup where you're only shooting straight and you move up and down, or, like, left to right. Gotcha. But that's, like, only certain areas, and it locks the camera and does all that, which is kind of cool. I'm not the the biggest fan of those kinds of games, but it's not enough that it's, uh, like, a turn-off for me, really. How's your PC handling it? Fine. Yeah. It's really funny. It's a Square Enix published game. And they're kind of notorious for having bad PC ports. So, and not even just that, but like there are FMV sequences that are 900p 30 FPS. Why? And the rest, the rest of the game is 60. Just because they ported those over from whatever they manufactured for the console versions. Well, not only that, but like, why would it be 30 FPS anyway? Why would it be 900p? It's more cinematic. It's not. (laughs) No, it's not. Thank you. It's, it's jarring. Welcome to the PC Master Race podcast. This is what we do now. Yeah, it's it's just it's just goofy and like it's just a marked downgrade whenever there's a an FMV 
and it'll do like it'll cut between FMV to like in engine cutscene stuff sometimes. Why? It's like, oh no, it looks so much better than engine. Why don't you just do this? I know, but I, mean, I know why. It's like they don't have the the facial motion down, but like with dubs, it doesn't matter anyway because the character's mouth don't match up anyway. It's just, oh, is it? Uh, it's all Japanese. It's dubbed over. Super Japanese game. Really? Okay. Yeah, dubbed over. Good dub though. I like all the character voices. Whoa. Something else that people talk about is that there's like multiple playthroughs and you have to play through it multiple times to get the full story. Right. But I think that's a little bit misleading because you're not like you're replaying a lot of the same story beats, but you're playing as a different character and different playthroughs. So it's kind of disingenuous to say you're playing through the game multiple times. It's not like a new game plus scenario. Okay. It's more like you played as one character who's teamed up with one other character for a majority of the plot line. And then you play as the other character and it's a shorter playthrough because he's like knocked out for part of it. He's doing something else. He's hacking, blah, 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 whatever. And then your third playthrough is after those stories and you can choose to play as some other character. Like it's just like, it's misleading to say you're playing through the game multiple times. And I was kind of disheartened by that. How does the um, difficulty ramp up with, with something like that? I'm not sure if it's like a, uh, like Skyrim where the characters level to like match your level right they scale with but you. it's 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 something like that i was still i was above the level of the enemies like the trash mobs that you would encounter just like in the the main areas like i think i got to like level 30 in my first playthrough and then when i started over with a new character i was like oh i have all my equipment and chip plugins from my first playthrough i'm still the same level and all the enemies are just higher level now so I was like, I was kind of surprised by that. I thought it was going to be a, a full restart, but it, but it wasn't. I still had all my money and everything. Well, that's an interesting way to go about things. Yeah. And it's like mechanically in game, it makes sense because the very first mission that you do is kind of like a, a suicide mission in, in many regards where you're, you face it up against this enemy that you can't possibly beat. And then it goes into a cutscene where you self-destruct okay. and you use your self-destruct to destroy the, the enemy you're fighting. And you wake up back on the ship that's circling the moon and your memories had been uploaded and you're just put into a new body. Huh. And it just, it's, it kind of, it, it's kind of heavy handed because Japanese RPG. Sure. But a lot of like the cool concepts and like the philosophies that it's kind of toying with are, I think they're kind of fun and interesting because there you, you find a village of alien machines that are peaceful. They're pacifists. And like you meet a philosopher there and he's like totally full of himself and just like up his own butt and like all the other characters are like fawning over him and you're like, dude, this guy's so annoying. Oh no. <laughs> so it kind of plays around with the, it's, it's self-aware in a way that I can appreciate. This is a game that I probably wouldn't mind watching you play, but I'll, I would never play. Probably not. No, it's, it's too much of a time sink for you. I would imagine. Gosh, man. Cause I've put in, I just checked. I put in 26 hours and I'm maybe three quarters of the way done, two thirds of the way done. I'm not sure. I'm on my, like I said, third storyline, but they're not, it's like chapters, almost like acts. I would kind of equate them to. So I'm like more than halfway, I'm guessing. Next time I take a vacation, I'm not going to actually go on vacation. I'm just going to take like two weeks off and just be like, all right, I'm going to sit in my underwear every day and, and just like catch up on some of the video games I've missed this year. It's a good idea. A lot of good stuff out. It's been a good year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been crazy. South Park just came out, reviewed fantastically. Have not. I'll get it if it comes to Switch. Oh, dude, one can dream. That, that's a perfect game to be able to sit in bed or on the toilet and play for a little bit at a time. You know, There's no reason why it couldn't. 
No, of course not. There's no reason oftentimes that, that most things can't happen. Wow, that was a really stupid thing you just said. I let it slide, kind of. You know what I mean? But <laughs> at South Park specifically, that's yeah. a game that you don't need 4K textures in, you know? Like, it's just paper doll cutouts. Right. That scales down really well. <laughs> well, it's Ubisoft too, isn't it? Yeah, and it's uh, Snowdrop, I believe. Okay, there's no reason. Because that's, yeah, I mean, Rabbids is in Snowdrop, and that's on Switch also. Like... <sighs> I don't know how, how much trouble it'd be to port to the Switch, and maybe we're just getting a delayed port, but you think if that were the case, they'd have announced it. So Exactly. Frustrating. A little bit frustrating, yeah. I don't like it when it's not clear if a game's coming out to another platform or they tease it, but they don't say when. Right. It's, it's like, let me know. You're trying to get me to buy it twice, and that's like really annoying. Oh, I can buy it zero times. <laughs> I hope that they, as the Switch matures and more and more developers hopefully come to it, that we start seeing parity between uh, console releases. And who knows, maybe now the Xbox One X and um, PlayStation is going to have to answer that soon in the next probably year. We're going to hear about the PS5. Like, it's all going to be fucked up now. So, like, who knows if we ever will. But I wouldn't think we'd see a PS5, like, see a PS5 until 2019. I'll say, what year is it? <laughs> no, I mean, I think so- sooner rather than later, we're going to hear something about it. Right. Just because unless the Xbox One X kind of fails. It's already like pre-ordered really well. I don't know if failure is an optics thing and it's based on their own internal expectations. So I don't know what they deem a failure. I don't think they deem the Xbox a failure either, but everyone else is like dismissive just because they haven't sold PS4 numbers. So it's purely like a... And a, a, like a subjective thing i guess at what point does microsoft just say we're done competing in this con- in the console space like h- how bad Maybe does when they don't have sell to- i mean the xbox only sold like 15 million that didn't make them quit so i don't know why the xbox one selling probably 30 million i don't know why that would make them quit now well the xbox the original xbox you mean Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that was their first sort of foray into it. and Yeah, they could have easily just quit after that. Sure, but but it was more nuanced than that because the response to it, I mean, they were doing revolutionary things at the time, with not only with the console, but with their online service. This is different, where it's like, this is the same machine as the PlayStation, only stripped of some features and slightly less powerful, which may or may not matter, as we've argued before. And backwards compatible, they're a lot more consumer friendly than Sony is. I, I do have to agree that I really appreciate that about Microsoft. I just found out that KOTOR is part of their, the very tiny Xbox backward compatible. So yeah, like their, their first little limited release. I'm really excited to, to dig that out and see how it plays on the old, the old X-Bone. Apparently it uh, upreses too. Oh, that's awesome. Like it's not just emulated. It's actually like somehow systemically emulating the hardware in a way that you wouldn't expect to see from a, a console. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I, I remember playing KOTOR on the PC way back in the day and briefly played on the Xbox like my cousin's house or something. And I've played through the game multiple times on PC over the years, but I just want to sit on my fucking couch and play that game, run around and not have to be hunched over my desk like a like a crazy person. I get that. I don't know how the game after having played it mouse and keyboard for so long, uh, and it has kind of a unique combat system where it's not turn-based but you pause and you can choose choose which attacks you use and then there's a queue where you you run through each attack hate to break it to you that's that's turn-based but you you know you don't have to ever pause like like it can be it's just you can be in this free-flowing combat where you're like while you're still attacking you can go through and choose 
what you want to do next and and you and your enemy are both going at it simultaneously so if you're just watching it looks like a third person action combat game but you're actually it's it's a little more nuanced than that so i, I don't know how that it'll work differently when you don't have all your hotkeys and a mouse to quickly do things i imagine it'll feel a lot more like a turn-based game uh, on a console because you're gonna mm. have to pause and go through and you know manage everything at once no my macros <laughs> right what, what what will i do or not do without my 16 extra rows of you know do you still have an old X, original xbox uh disc for kotor um i'm pretty sure i still have it i might have gotten rid of it actually when i moved hmm. but it, but i may have put it back in uh the box i found it in i know i bought it when we lived together back in 2011 because mm. one of our roommates had an OG Xbox, so I bought a copy at like Salvation Army. Sounds right. And then I can't remember if the Xbox, his Xbox broke or didn't work, wasn't displaying properly, but it just went into a box. Didn't have a memory card. <laughs> Something dumb, and we never played it, and I never got to play it. Mm. And it wasn't backwards compatible on the 360, unless you had the official Xbox hard drive. Mm. It, that's my memory anyway, and not being able to play it on there. So. Sounds right. There was always a bunch of weird arbitrary hoops you had to jump through, because right. I was afraid of DRM and pirated games fucking silly but anyway i'm excited for that i'll get to it eventually we've been talking for over an hour it's 10 o'clock i gotta go you gotta go so let's wrap it up we're gonna be back next week and we'll have hopefully a lot more to say about mario i'm excited to know now you've got me intrigued about some of the things that got you hyped about this game like gotta play it dude stand up and jump out of your chair excitement that's unheard of not like jump but like just like you ever just get like kind of adrenaline rush and you're just like oh what dude yeah it's that kind of stuff it's that kind of stuff i'm excited to see then i'm sure i'll be texting you about it in the coming days as i put more time into it yeah if you buckle down and actually play the game hey i've played it every day so far and i can i plan on continuing that tonight i appreciate that i'm just giving you some crap you motherfucker you you (laughs) (laughs) all right this has been a very lethargic concert crusade podcast yeah i just woke up before we started recording like i woke up ate a sandwich i'm like i should get on my computer i guess (laughs) i feel you it's all good man our schedules are are very very opposite right now uh in a lot of ways yeah i mean i'm still i'm still staying up after work like that's my schedule for over a week now yeah I, i i've been going to bed probably it depends i've been going to bed between like five and seven and then I get up. I mean, last week was bad. I was getting two hours of sleep at night. I was fucking legitimately crazy by the end of the week. And I crashed so hard. But I've been getting only like four or maybe five hours a night. And so uh, I'm all over the place right now. You know, during the day. You need to get on those those real daylight hours, man. Man, what? That seems like that'd be better for you. It's like all day I'm out working. And I'm running. I got to shoot here. I've got a thing here. Or I'm, I'm editing with other people. And then at night, it's like, that's my time to, to work on all my other projects by myself, you know, and so. I just don't want to see you spread yourself too thin, man. Oh, it's already happening. It's already happening. But I'm going to finish this round of projects up. I'm going to hopefully take a nice little week just to recalibrate and sort of figure out what's going on next. You know, I did go out last night, though. Had a real nice time. Got a little sauced up. Got a little blistered. Dude, yeah, you saw that, man. Kendra made me go out. and So gross. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you should have seen when I popped it. Oh, uh, you don't pop, dude. You don't pop blisters. That's really bad for them. Well, that's I know. like getting an infection. Well, I'm afraid of getting a blood infection by letting that thing pool and fester in the blister. That's what I heard. I feel anyway. like you're more likely to give an infection, give yourself an infection by stabbing it with a with a needle. Well, you know, I washed having an open wound. I know. I washed and then I I drained it and then I need a spore in the fuck out of it and it's been wrapped up all day. But Ugh. um, I know. Well, we went out and I was I was drumming. 
which I've never, you know, I, I'm a never very done before. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a very tentative fella, you know, and we went to this bar and they were having, it's an open jam that they do every, every other week. And the bar is closing. This whole block just got bought out and all the businesses are closing. Like the seed game exchange is down there. The magic shop is down there. The hobby shop, the cycle shop, like all these little places, the whole block got bought out and getting turned into apartments. So the bar is closing. And I was like, well, I, I want to go to this jam. Like, I just feel like I should go. Right. You know, a bunch of local musicians just getting drunk and having a good time. Open up, live a little. Well, I went and I was like, so afraid. Like I, I was so nervous. I couldn't get up there. I was like, I like the drummer would hop off and they'd say any drummers in the house. And I'd be like, Oh, and they would they would yell at me like Kendra and they would be yelling at me. I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna do it. Well, a couple drinks later, and uh um Kendra got up there. And Kendra, you know, she can shred the drums a little bit. So she got up there and was jamming. I was like, well, if she's gonna do it, I have to do it. So she instilled in me the confidence. And so I got up there. I have never played drums drunk before. Ever. That was a really? very <laughs> interesting experience. Wow. Yeah. I mean it, you're really feeling the rhythm. <laughs> Well, that, that, it was compounded by the fact that I couldn't hear any other instrument. It was just white noise. And so I was just well, yeah, like... you're the drummer. You don't need to hear instruments. You play your thing and they play f- over you. Yeah, it was... <laughs> I, I tried my darndest. It was good, man. It was really fun. I rocked out and uh, got bloody and blistered and and uh, broke my glasses and it was a good time. It was a lot of fun and I'm bummed that I waited to their last, their last uh, hurrah to finally go, but... Anyway, that's relevant to this podcast. 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 All right, guys, it's been Concrete Podcast. We'll see you next time. The Concrete Crusoe Podcast. Pod. 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 Ciao.